1: Hey everyone, Larry here from the Retro Gamers. Thank you for downloading this week's episode. I just wanted to jump on first real quick. Kind of give you a heads up, because while you're listening, uh, things may sound a little wacky on the show. Had a little bit of a audio concern uh, on our end um, for about maybe a good 25-30 you know, like minutes. But uh, it doesn't really hinder the entire rest of the show. Um, but I kind of want to give you a heads up. So if you're thinking that your headphones are breaking or something, it's not that a little bit of an audio hiccup, no big deal. Really, did not lose in any context whatsoever. Uh, but bear with us, and thank you again for sticking along uh, with us. So, with that, enjoy the big crossover episode of the Retro Gamers and Victims and Villains. <laughs> Hey everyone! Thank you for downloading yet another episode of the Retro Gamers. We just keep rolling along down the hill. Larry here, and Anthony here, way over there. What's going on, Ant?
2: Oh, you know, another another week, another trip to Japan. I'm
1: thinking you moved <laughs> officially, so. <laughs> I, th- I
2: think I think I'm getting to that
1: point where I should just set up shop you're here. You're gonna, you might as well just that's it. Get all your taxes done over there, and you're good to go. So, Ants in Japan, I'm. Um, as usual, in New York, but this week uh, is a special crossover episode, um, kind of those X, kind of like, no, not like the X Games, never mind, that was a bad joke that was going to go nowhere. <laughs> so uh, we have <laughs> Well, and it, and it was your joke, which <laughs> tends to be bad normally Usually anyway, so... bomb horribly. We got uh, from an excellent, wonderful podcast, uh, podcast friends, podcast brothers of ours, from Victims and Villains, we have Josh and Cody um, from Victims and Villains. Guys, how you guys doing?
3: doing good what's up thanks for remembering my name
1: no, yeah. no problem that's uh, <laughs> that's why i wrote it down um, no no uh, <laughs> uh, we've been talking for a while actually all of us and uh, we were on yesterday if you listened uh to vic if you're listening now go back and listen to part one of basically what we're going to be talking about today um listen to josh and cody's podcast victim and victims and villains not just normally but especially yesterday we were on their show so they've come over now, and uh, we're going to talk some Power Rangers. We're going to be talking some Power Rangers video games, uh, especially the Sega Genesis one. And um, before we get into that, though, guys, introduce yourselves. Let the uh, retro gamer fans, or fan, uh, know what you guys are all about.
4: <laughs> um, I'm Cody. I'm a you know, musician who happens to do this podcast as well. We talk about comic books, and um, i let Josh talk about the more serious stuff because he has like a whole monologue set up for every time somebody asks us.
3: So true. So true. So my name is Josh and, uh, our, our show is, is unique. So like, uh, if you guys go back and listen to the, to the episode of retro gamers, we have very similar stories in the way that we started out our origins where a couple of geeks, they got together and just talked about nerd stuff, nerd culture. And, uh, <laughs> we had kind to of start going through the first, uh, Probably four or five months of ours uh it was right around the time last year that uh dc was doing rebirth so we were talking a lot about the rebirth books that were coming out we were talking a lot about the nerd news that was coming out uh just just a lot of the the things that in general and uh we got to i think episode 16 of our show and we wanted to uh do something special for suicide prevention uh Month, which is September, if you guys didn't know, and our show—it was originally just supposed to be a one-off kind of thing—and it went from being a one-off kind of thing to being our identity, and so our show exists now for three reasons. It exists. It exists uh, to talk fandom with people, whether it's video games, uh, comic books, movies, uh, the occasional music, uh, other podcasts like. This one that we're on now. Um, so that's that's one of our second uh, second reason we exist is to raise awareness of hope for those that are struggling with suicide, addiction, depression, uh, suicide, and self uh, harm. We just want to let them know that uh, that hope is real, and if you don't think that there is a someone out there that cares for you try us because we have talked to people at conventions we have we fully uh, give out our social media for the purpose of connecting people with uh counselors or, or chur- churches uh you know just any way really to get them that hope that that there is light at the end of that tunnel that tomorrow is another day it's another breath it's another day to uh really just to just to know And there's there's just too much at stake for that. So we also educate our audience on suicide statistics, uh, just the very real reality of what suicide is. And so pretty much we exist simply to, uh, like, we don't really care if you guys care with our opinions or not. We just want you guys to know that hope is real and that uh, it's not just a concept that someone thinks up for a, a big screen film or a uh, Netflix show or whatever have you, but hope is actually something that's real and it's, it's within the grasp and we want to get you guys that hope.
1: No, definitely. And it's a tremendous, uh, uh, reasoning, a tremendous mission, uh, that you guys do, uh, uh big deal on that. Thank we'll have links.
3: So,
0: uh, um, thank
1: you. No, no problem. No problem. And yeah, we'll, we'll link everything uh, down to you guys. Um, the podcast, you guys, uh, uh social media and the shows media and, and all that. Um, uh, good stuff that you're doing for for a lot of people who definitely definitely need the help. And um, with us here, we, what we're going to be doing... Well, actually, how did, you know, we talked about how me and Ant kind of met uh, on your show. How do you guys meet up to just, in general, kind of do the podcast?
3: Have you guys known each other for a while? <coughs> I've only known Josh I've only known Josh a year. So originally, uh, we were doing we did a festival last year, and uh, it, was a, it was a fundraising festival because we are right now, because of how big of an issue suicide is, we're we're trying to we're trying our best right now to really uh, do more uh, than just uh, suicide. So we' we're, we're trying right now to do a to turn this into a nonprofit. And so one of the first fundraisers we ever did was the, this festival last year that Cody happened to play. And we really just, we really got along. We invited him to come up and do our show. And, um, Sean
4: had to step away for a few weeks for personal reasons. And I took over. Um, and it was like, it was really fun. Um, you know, I moved up here from Florida two years ago. Um, I live in Maryland, 30 minutes outside of Pennsylvania from where Josh lives. So, uh, it was not to actually have friends because, uh, as you guys can probably vouch, it's really hard to make friends as an adult, especially when you don't know a single oh, yeah. person within, like, a thousand-mile radius.
3: Or you're constantly going to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But,
2: wait a minute. I resemble that remark. <laughs> Yeah, no, I can definitely I can definitely agree with you on the friend front there. It it is a lot harder when you're an adult to uh to find people that kind of share similar interests and whatnot. So that is kind of it is kind of awesome that you two were able to connect that way.
3: Yeah, and it, again, having him come up, he was just originally supposed to be a one-off guest host. Um and then when he kind of came in to fill in for our other co-host Sean, uh it was just supposed to be him uh doing it for like two or three weeks till till he got better. Uh and then we kinda came to the end of August last year and we're like, Well, the three of us have just have such great chemistry and we're all such now great friends that it was like, well, let's let's just bring you a full time.
4: Why not? Yeah. I mean, I've wanted to do podcasting for like a long time now because uh I go I take trips down to Florida a lot and I used I used to take trips up to New York a lot because I was mm-hmm. in a band in New York. Mm-hmm. And um I listen to a lot, I listen to Kevin Smith's podcast, I listen to uh a uh, few others. Uh, the list is long. I'm going to take up your time. But uh, and I've always kind of like wanted to just talk stuff with my friends because I felt like when me and my friends get together, we're hilarious. But like, I never had the the tools or the resources to do it. You know, Josh lets me come to his house, uses internet and stuff to do it. Um, we finally got a decent looking setup going on. So I and mean, it's it's going to continue to build. We
3: have an office
4: now. Yeah. Oh boy, look oh. out! It's also his cat's room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, then that's kind of professional. Yeah. <laughs> when I got this boom mic, I thought I stepped into the 20th century. So, But um, that's pretty cool. of? We need to get you an office Larry. that uh, I need to get a new apartment. But,
3: um, <laughs> I don't know. His, his, his office looks pretty sweet. He's got all those fungo pops behind him. Well, that, I think there's a Stretch Armstrong somewhere or a Hulk maybe. No, that's
1: Hulk Hogan. That's an 86 Hogan. Yep. The old six inch figures. This is my living room you're looking at. This is this is pretty much where I live. So Yeah, that is definitely not an office. <laughs> but um I appreciate it though. And and just yeah, to to say one thing, uh, Frank, if you think you're gonna weasel your way in as a third host on this show, don't think about it. <laughs> I liked Frank's
2: episode.
3: I thought it was <laughs> oh, very no. funny. Oh, you but- got a I, I do have to admit that you, you can't run the show without Anthony there.
2: That is true. Oh, well, thank you. It.
1: Regardless of where
2: I am in the world, that's right. The show, <laughs> there is no show without me. He re- he reminds
1: me every day. So um, before we get into uh, – we're going to talk about uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. We, uh, when when we were all talking about this crossover, the movie had just come out, Power Rangers. And if you want to hear me and Ant and Josh and Cody uh, talk about the Power Rangers, them loving it, me not so crazy about it. Listen to the Victims and Villains from yesterday. But before we get into the video game, and I know you mentioned something real quick that uh, this is technically a continuation from last episode. You had a, a Power Rangers little thing you want to talk about? No, I just got a little, I got a little side story
2: and a little geek-out story for everybody here since they're all Power Rangers fans. But, you know, we I, I talked on yesterday's episode that, um, you know, I had worked at uh, Saban uh, and they are the ones who are responsible for bringing Power Rangers over. But um, I don't know how many people actually know but for a time, Power Rangers um, – Haim Saban actually sold Power Rangers to Disney. And uh, Disney had um, the show for a while before Saban brought, uh, bought it back. Oh. Um, Is and, it on now? Yeah, yes. it's, on, it's on Nickelodeon now. But when Disney owned <clears> – <throat> uh, when Disney bought the Power Rangers, they bought everything with it, including um, all of the props, all of the costumes and everything from the, from the series – so they had all this stuff in a giant warehouse. And when Saban bought it back, um, they also bought back, again, all the props and, and uh, costumes and whatnot in this warehouse. Um, so while I was at Saban, um, they had gone over to the warehouse to um, pull some, you know, just some, just some whatever was in the Disney warehouse because Disney didn't want to keep it anymore. Mm-hmm. So they basically said, "Come come and get it or it's just going to, you know, go away. So um, it's unfortunate to say that most of the original props and costumes and whatnot were not cared for properly, and they are pretty much gone. Um, but um, I was actually fortunate enough to um, hold in my hands from the original Mighty Morphin series the original staff of Rita's
1: really you know, oh, wow nice
2: which was really cool and uh, I hate to break it to you all nothing grows when you hold it so, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I tried to make many monsters grow at my office and then I also got to hold Tommy Oliver's um, Green Ranger flute Oh, oh that's which, awesome. which was a sweet little prop and then um, Goldar's uh, Goldar's head from the original costume uh, which definitely had some damage done to it unfortunately yeah most of the most of the costumes were unfortunately like beyond repair because they were not properly cared for um but uh but i actually thought it was kind of cool that uh i was able to actually hold those props in my hands
3: (laughs) no that's pretty sweet (laughs) right now is like screaming that like that's
2: really oh, cool. lucky! <laughs> I uh, we
4: did we did a convention uh, a few months back at, um, where two of the Power Rangers from *Dino Thunder* were there. Uh, Jeff Peraza, who played the White Ranger, and uh, I forgot the gentleman who played the Blue Ranger's name, but I got to meet them and hang out with them. Um, and th- I just thought it was cool because I love the series a lot. Because Tommy Oliver kind of made his comeback in that series.
2: Yeah, no, no that's doubt- re- that, that's really cool. That that's a great moment. As long as you're not, as long as you're not hanging out with the Ranger who. Stabbed his roommate with the samurai so it were Oh, from Wall Force? Oh, yeah. Yes.
4: Yeah, like He, uh, <laughs> he right went way. on to play the villain in uh, Samurai uh, like two or three years back. Even, yeah, he's the same actor, a different character, though. But it kind of like, like, it really upsets me because Wall Force was like one of my favorite ones growing up.
2: Uh-huh.
4: And, oh, man. Jason David Frank hates his guts. Yo, he's talked imagine. about it so times <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Well, I can see why. Jason David and then with Jason David Frank real quick with me. I was gonna meet him at New York Comic Con one year. I was online waiting for him and two hours later he didn't show up. I was like, you know what? Forget it.
4: Oh, man, that would break my heart. It's kind of like a go-home-and-tear posters-off-your-wall moment.
1: Honestly, I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, waiting, and it's Comic-Con. You're waiting anyway. And then someone's like, he'll be here in a half hour. 45 minutes later, he'll be here in a half hour. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And then next thing I know it was two hours. I'm like, I'm off the line. I'm out of here.
3: <laughs> so yeah, for I a little while. The first, sure, the first year I went to New York Comic-Con, I, I'm i a huge Arrow fan. And uh, they had Stephen Amell there. and Nice. I just I was like I was working the superhero stuff booth and I was like, uh, I think I'm gonna go ahead and, and meet this guy and I just I I couldn't bring myself to like stand in line and meet just to pay money to actually meet a person um, like I can do that for free right here right now. Yeah, I mean we'll
4: probably we'll probably do that when Steve Cardenas comes to the the, the convention in a few months. Well, we're doing we're doing a convention in a few months. We're, we're going to try to get him one. Where uh, Rocky from the original movie and series oh. is going to be there, and so is Rita and Rita. Yeah, and Rita. Um, nice. Austin con's coming to DC, and I'm really thinking about going because Jason David Frank is going to be there, and I'd pay to meet him. And um, Sean Chamil, the voice of Goku from Dragon Ball Z, is going to be there, and I'm really tempted to pay money to wait line to meet him too because uh, those are like two of my main heroes growing up.
3: <laughs> I think I was actually at that same convention that Larry went to when. Uh, uh, Jason David Frank was there. Yeah. It was very... Like, I, I met two guys that were cosplayed as the... One was the Green Ranger, one was the White Ranger. And he was like, yeah, he's like, I waited in line for like an hour and a half. <laughs> it was awesome. I was what? like, so you waited in line it was an awesome. hour and a half <laughs> to meet somebody for five minutes. Yeah, I feel like out of all the power,
4: just, I feel like Jason David Frank, just, like, he, he's so good as fans, though. Just, if you like, follow him on social media, I feel like he... I don't know. He may play other parts like Deadshot, Bloodshot, and a bunch of other characters, but like yeah. I feel like he still never leaves Tommy Oliver. Like he, I mean, that's where most of his money is still coming from.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. He, he's he's absorbed the Green Ranger. So, um, I mean, I know it's he's funny, more but, White It's funny because the Green Ranger was
4: the one he was like the less screen time of, of all exactly the Rangers. right.
1: But no, he's he's always talked about the Green Rangers. And um, speaking of which, I mean, he was in this. Uh, All right, in my opinion, it was a rough Genesis game, Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Um, When he was... The Green Ranger probably could have been a little better in that game, but is there particular... Because I know, Josh, you're the one that recommended the Genesis version, uh, because there's so many different Power Ranger games for Super Nintendo and Game Boy and stuff like that. Do you have, like, a kind of a... uh, Have you played the Genesis one more than the other ones?
3: I did. I grew up on playing the Genesis game. I, I probably... I probably played it uh more than more than any other game growing up. Right. I think I wore that thing out and Duck Hunt growing up.
1: <laughs> Duck Hunt. Classic. But um what 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 was your well, did you only have a Genesis? Like what were your systems growing
3: up? Uh my systems growing up, we had a we had the a PlayStation One, which I still have. Um it's probably about the only game system I still have. And we also had um uh, uh, the the N sixty four and the Sega oh, Genesis. Nice. So those were the three games we had growing up. But I just remember playing like losing track of time actually playing the uh the one game um the, the Power Rangers Sega Genesis game.
1: Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, Basically, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers game, for Sega Genesis, it was a fighter. Um, uh, It kind of, because the Super Nintendo one, that was more of a kind of a linear game. Uh, But Genesis was pretty much a a straightforward fighter. You pick a ranger, uh, you you fight the villains, and and, then you move on to like a Zord battle. That's pretty much how it ran. Um, Two modes of play, scenario mode, which is one player mode where you just Go through the characters, uh, then of course you had your traditional battle mode. Did you get a lot of battle mode play in there with Genesis?
3: Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I destroyed that game like constantly. <laughs> I don't like I, I like don't really remember like specifics of it. Mm-hmm. And I intended to like actually play like uh, emulators to prepare for this episode, but time kind of <laughs> got the better of me. And uh, like you like you guys that said last week on your show with Castlevania Two. You have this thing called uh, life, and <laughs> it gets in the way, and it's like, oh crap. Does it? Ever... What? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah, right. Come on,
2: <laughs> you're talking to a guy who's doing a podcast from Japan. Life never gets in
1: the way. <laughs> uh, Cody, Cody, what systems did you grow up with?
4: Um, let's see here. Um, I mainly really played a Game Boy Advance a lot growing up because it's all I had.
3: Though. All right. Yeah, and second I, that.
4: I yeah, when I um I didn't really have a lot of money growing up, but um I had a PS One. I had a Nintendo 64. I think the PS4, like, this is going to make you guess what my dad kind of PS2, that's my
0: favorite
4: game system growing up. Uh, I didn't get to play the Nintendo 64, the Genesis version of of Power Rangers, I think the first Power Rangers game I played was a Wall
1: Street game boy. Oh, okay.
4: Then I got got Ninja Storm for my Game Boy, which was... um, the, the, it was pretty much a fighter, and you'd, you'd, uh, you you'd um, you'd fight either as the you could choose either the the main three, the two the beetle ones, or the, the Green Ranger, and you'd fight a level and play as a Zord, and the Zord controls were super confusing. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, pretty much GameCube and the PS2 were my main main systems growing up. Um, okay. There wasn't many Ranger games I really liked that much growing up. To be honest, I mean, uh, like I, like I said in our podcast uh, before on uh, our episode that um. I feel like we need a really good high budget Power Rangers
1: video game. We do, and I think we, I think it's it's bound, especially now with the movie. I think it's bound to happen. And I do want to make one correction. Actually, from if anyone listened to to the show that we did yesterday, the, there's a game on the PS4 that came out. It's actually Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Mega Battle. Um, okay. That just came out. That's kind of a throwback to pretty much that linear Power Rangers game. Um, but did you have a Cody? Have you get a chance to play the Power Rangers on Genesis?
4: Um, I can't say that I did to
1: be honest. I oh, might have, enough. but no. You
4: know, I played a Genesis. I was in fifth grade, and I was <laughs> playing Sonic Two on it. And that's the only memory of a Sega Genesis I have right now.
1: If you're gonna have a memory for the Genesis, it might as well be a Sonic game. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the definitive game. <laughs> but yeah, uh, with... I mean... oh, go ahead. No, no, you were saying, Cody. Don't worry. I think the early, one of the earliest memories
4: I have is playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater on Nintendo 64, which is kind of like...
3: Oh, that was pretty, a good I'm game. Sure that
4: game, that game is what kind of introduced me to ska music and pop punk and punk music. You um, know, Hearing Goldfinger by Superman. I mean, Superman by Goldfinger was kind of like my introduction to that. So it, it's kind of
2: like maybe what person I am today. I still have that song on my iPod when I run.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome! <laughs> you know, Tony Hawk was a series all unto itself. That was ridiculous. Um, I had it on N sixty four. I know it really hit big on Dreamcast, but N sixty four I thought was my best. one
2: I was gonna say I had I had the first two on Dreamcast. They were absolutely amazing.
1: Um, with the and you know, it's funny with the Power Rangers game. I haven't played Power Rangers on Genesis. I haven't played any of the Power Rangers. Probably since I owned those systems way back when. So I did have to kind of go on YouTube just to remind myself. Um, but I do, while, while I was watching it on YouTube, I remember harking back to playing the game. And it was, you know, it was fun. It almost seems like Power Rangers maybe should be a fighter as opposed to a linear, like, final fight uh, type game. Because that's what they did. They fought, you know, these villains. They fought the monsters. They fought the... Uh, the. Uh, the putties, and then when you become the Megazord, you're still fighting. So it kind of made sense that it would be more of a fighter. Right, Ant? You would say that?
2: Yeah, no, I would definitely... Uh, I would agree with that. I just wish the um, I wish the Genesis game had a little bit more depth, and I understand at that point in time, you were only dealing with, you know, the first, you know, the Mighty Morphin series. Um, but considering, like, every episode had a different villain, I thought they would have flushed that out a little bit more, I mean, even for a Genesis game, because I remember playing through it in all of, like, 15-20 minutes and if you didn't have you know a friend to play up against it was really kind of limited with what you can do
1: <laughs> and uh, do you have any good memories about about the games any good <sighs> fight you remember specifically josh when you were playing it
3: oh <laughs> uh, i want to probably say goldar versus red ranger was probably the one that i know. i, used- of I, that I, was- <laughs> I use of course most but Rangers i I totally agree with what you were saying. Like, I feel like the, the power Rangers, at least in video game format, that's when they worked at their best is when it's a fighting game. It's not like, Oh, well you have to give like total depth to the story right now. It's like, it's the power Rangers. That's like it. the, the series at the time really didn't have the, all that much depth. It was just like group of kids that got together and they talked and did, you know, they had their own storylines <laughs> and you had bulk and skull and then, but I mean, for the most part, like, it was the probably 90% of the, the show, the series, is just fighting. And that's when the series is at its best.
0: Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.
1: You're exactly right. Like the Super Nintendo version, you would start off, pick a Ranger. You would start off out of the suit, just karate fighting and then halfway through the level then you morph into whichever character you picked and that's really when like the super nintendo version would really kick in because who wants to play as you know as kimberly but plays the pink ranger who wants to play as you know uh, uh jason but the the red ranger so um that's i think where the game really picks up
2: yeah well i think the appeal on the super nintendo game was you still you, you had more of a side scrolling um you know, side-scrolling adventure game, which which at the time were really popular. Um, finding games were, I mean, granted, you know, finding games were kind of new and uh, appealing because of Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. But um, um, I actually, I actually thought it was a clever idea for. Um, for um, two different types of games to come out. You had a completely different game for Genesis and a completely different one for Super Nintendo because normally what would happen is when, these, uh, when a game would come out for systems uh, in the same era, it would be the same game, just ported you know, for the two consoles. Mm-hmm. So it's actually kind of cool that you got to play a unique game for each system.
1: Yeah, that was good. Uh, that, that was a smart marketing idea, definitely. Because the Cody, I think you're the one that said you played a couple of the Game Boy games.
4: Yeah, I played, a, I, had, I played Wild Force, and I had Ninja Storm on um, Game Boy.
1: The, I mean, if you want to play a terrible game <laughs> that's Power Rangers, like the first two, like Power Rangers the movie, I'm trying to think if it was Power Ranger Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, excuse me, the movie, or kind of the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers game for Game Boy was just so terrible as far as, like, hit detection, storyline, you know, you got, like, your graphics, I mean, well, you're limited because you got Game Boy.
2: Most, and, uh, most of the, to the,
4: we were saying that, like, uh, Mighty Morphin had a really bad um, Game Boy game when the movie came out. And what I learned growing up, mainly with handheld games, especially Game Boy, is, like, any, pretty much any property Disney owned or Nickelodeon owned that went was a TV show or movie that went straight to a Game Boy game was pretty much garbage.
1: Yeah, it's not it's like they almost didn't put much effort into the Game Boy games. It's almost like let's just put it out on Game Boy cuz people own a Game Boy, but we'll focus on on like the main like Super Nintendo and Genesis and stuff like that. Um and especially for a game like Power Rangers it was so limiting on Game Boy because doesn't matter what Power Ranger you picked, they were all gray. <laughs> <laughs> so, you really didn't know who you were using.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know. I don't know if that was necessarily the worst one because I didn't. I never played the Game Boy game, but uh, if I had to pick the worst Power Rangers game I ever played, I gotta I gotta lean towards the Sega CD version.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> because a rough
2: one. It, if you if you ever played, uh, I don't know if um, uh, you guys ever played the Sega CD version or ever watched it on online. Basically, what it was was it was the first five episodes of the Mighty Morphin Television show. Um and basically you were watching the episodes and then during during parts of the fights there would be um a direction that would pop up on the screen and you had to press it before it disappeared, otherwise you lost energy and if you you know, if you obviously didn't press, you know, the directions quickly enough and succession enough, you didn't get to continue on in the episode. So there was really no Wow, that game. sounds
3: so dumb.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it it's like too it, much work it, to it, watch it tv show yeah yeah basically that's what it was it's like if you want to watch the first five episodes you need to you basically just need to press these buttons on the controller otherwise you're out of luck uh and that and that and that was the game and i still own it
1: there you go all right
2: i
4: actually had a i I bring this to the logs. i guess like i was a really big fan of ninja storm when it came out but i had a ninja storm pc game too and it was pretty much garbage
1: yeah, they it's 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 almost like uh like like Batman games up until recently. Like they nailed it the first time out on Batman on NES and then it just Batman games were just terrible. They really haven't found their niche and I think that's what we're waiting for with Power Rangers, even with today's modern systems. Um just waiting for that key Power Rangers game to really bring it back home.
3: Well I think if you know, if you just like stuck to that classic formula with the just the fighting games, I think I think and I could be wrong, but maybe like people overthink something that about a game that could if you just made it like classic and simple or even like a, a throwback to the greater games in that era, you could definitely have a something that would definitely work well.
1: I agree on that one. Yeah
2: yeah I agree with that too. I think um, I think a lot of games today, especially when you play them on the newer systems, it's like um, they're either overcomplicated they try to overcomplicate things or they just try and make it like, so visually stunning, but then the games are like you know ridiculously easy to beat. I think if you go after that quality, um, even if it's like a, like a simplistic format, um, you know those usually deliver.
1: No doubt. I
4: I feel like if we get an Xbox One or PS4 game for the, the movie uh, Power Rangers, I feel like it could be a pretty good game. Um.
1: Agreed, totally agreed. They, they can they can certainly hit a home run, but then again, like any game, we can say that about almost any game. Um, when it, as long as you do it right, you know that's the way to do it. And I just hope maybe they get people from the movie in on the game. Maybe that's how you do it. You know what I mean? To try and get that crossover.
2: Yeah, but I think at this point, if they didn't like, especially since the movie just came out, I don't. Uh, if they haven't made a game for the movie already, I don't think we're going to be seeing one.
1: Yeah,
3: and I'm kind of glad that they're not because I, growing up, when I'd get really excited for a movie, and then you'd have a uh, a tie-in video game that would go with it. Most of those games, nine times out of ten, were awful. Yeah, right. Moves like.
2: Yeah, because they were basically rushed into production to make you know to make money based off the film. And
3: ET that... is a great
1: example.
2: Oh, ET actually almost killed the entire industry. So that that one that one that one gets a you know a nice special asterisk in the history <laughs> of, of
1: video games. Of them, half a million of them buried in uh, New Mexico's desert. So <laughs> I uh, actually
4: watched a I watched a special on that on TV and they went and dug a lot of them up. Yeah,
3: game over. Yep. Great uh, documentary. Yeah, I saw on that too.
2: Wait, like, Larry didn't didn't you actually get one of those on eBay? I bought one at flea market. <laughs> oh, it's a flea market.
1: Ooh. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
4: it's like it's like one of the worst games ever. But at the same time, that's why it's such a good game. It's it's like like that funny.
1: It's like a bad movie. It's like the MSN 3K yeah, of games. The
4: guy who made the game doesn't even like, make video games anymore. It was just like the job he did at the time. <laughs> how like simplistic and easy it was to make video games back
1: then. Yeah. Right. They actually had, I went oh. to a, uh, uh, real quick, and then I went to a retro um, gaming expo out here on Long Island, and um, they had E.T., they had, like, in the corner, a setup, like, old 70s, like, bucket chairs, a mm-hmm. giant... Well, like a 47-inch television, but it was an old, like, cathode ray tube television, and they had E.T. hooked up to it, so you felt like you were whisked right back to the, you know, late 70s or when the game came out, early 80s, um, and the it was just as bad then as it is now. I didn't know you
4: yeah, were from uh, Long Island on a little off note. I used to be in a band from Corum, actually.
1: Oh, all right, yeah, I'm right, right outside um, where I'm here. Like the, uh, I hang out more in the Belmore area. I've Been around there. Um, I know some people in that area, but I've been on Long Island. What was the name of the band?
4: Oh, uh, it's called the Nightmare Police. Uh, yeah, they're, they're still around, but we're they're a pop punk band that we we played in Quorum a lot. Uh, okay. but, but
1: yeah, <laughs> cool. that's a, it's a small world sometimes, Cody. Trust me. <laughs>
2: I'm currently on an island, but it's not Long like Island. Sorry.
1: <laughs> um, you were going to say something before, it?
2: Oh, who knows what I
1: was going to say. I, was just getting... <laughs> I like it. Um, so yeah, hopefully, um, and if you can find a Power Rangers game at a at a at a flea market, definitely pick it up. Even the Genesis version, it was a fighter, and and it's it's a tough fighter. I remember. Uh, I mean, oh, you yeah. probably got good at it, Josh. I just had so much trouble. Try, I remember struggling through the first like first and second levels.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do too. Like and I I was young when it came out, so like of course, you know, having the the childlike thing, you know, enthusiasm. Born yet. Uh it was like <laughs> 9596 I was, came I was born out. In 95, so. I remember playing it like mid 90s, so Yeah, uncle, I just did I just
2: hear somebody say he was born in 95? Oh, God.
3: <laughs> came out, uh, Genesis what? game came wow. out in November of 94. Yeah, yeah. So I remember playing it a little bit. I remember playing it at my uncle's house originally, and then they had given my sister and I a Sega Genesis, and we had, we had Sonic, Power Rangers, and some hunting game.
0: Yeah.
3: Hmm. Um, <laughs> So we had, but the one that I played the most was was Power Rangers, and I don't know how many, how many, how much like time I actually wasted. <laughs> uh, my childhood for like when we got the Sega Genesis was either spent playing playing Power Rangers on Sega, watching Power Rangers on TV, or playing with Power Ranger action figures, the little uh, the little ones that you had the the head flips.
4: Yep.
1: Oh yeah. Josh, let me ask you this. Are you a Power Rangers fan?
4: <laughs> um, before the movie came out, he bought a PowerPoint for the, from the movie and he carried it around in his pocket.
3: Uh, no, <laughs> nice. I actually got it work? for free. It, it did not. Uh. Um, but it actually... Uh, I got it for free at the Boom Studios um, booth and at New York Comic Con this past year.
2: Uh, for oh, the comic okay. books, yeah. Nice.
3: yeah. They were given away for free. Um, by the way, yeah, if you... I highly recommend those that series. Uh, if you're a Power Rangers fan, that those comic books are phenomenal.
4: He found a he found a Zio comic book in Allentown. Yes. Oh um,
1: really?
3: Holy cow! Oh wow! Now we're now we're getting deep cuts. I feel like.
1: <laughs> oh sweet! Holy cow. Look at that! He's showing us a, a copy of it right now. That's a nice looking cover.
3: It's a number one too. Oh
1: sweet! Even better.
3: Always yeah. Gotta take I, care uh, of those number ones. I, I am I'm definitely a Power Rangers fan through and through I grew up on it I got out of it after turbo because I was like this is stupid and, cheesy. and uh nostalgia finds you and you're like this is so great I'm a little younger than Josh like, thanks Netflix went over, so it, it
4: took a long to get out of it I think like I think up until SPDs when I got out of it like I, I I was able to stomach through SPD and then I saw um I saw Mystic Force and I was like this is stupid <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think I think we all get to that point somewhere.
4: <laughs>
2: with are Power Rangers.
4: I'm like Jason David Frank on Instagram and stuff, and so I was just like,
3: "Wait, you mean I can actually stalk my favorite ranger now?" <laughs>
4: Thank God for yes, social media.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I, was like, oh,
4: I can actually keep up with all these rangers now and be reminiscent.
3: <laughs> what he retweeted my tweet? He liked it. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: he liked it he really liked it um well that you know nostalgia is the reason why me and ant do this podcast every week yeah
2: and actually for a uh for a power rangers video game uh tie-in i was at a um i was actually at a retro video game store here in osaka a couple couple weeks ago on a previous trip and um they had a Power Rangers game for the Super Famicom, which is basically the Super Nintendo, the Japanese version of the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, in it, in box, still shrink wrapped, it was eight hundred fifty dollars. Whoa!
1: Holy oh, cow! Yeah. So, yeah. The was, uh...
3: That was, I think, that was what he what he just translated. Oh. Yeah,
2: that's yeah it was yeah it was like it was like 897 in yen or something like that it was like 80 it was like 89,000 yen or something like that I was like <laughs> I was like I didn't know I didn't know it could go up that high okay yeah, sure for again. video for for a 20 year old video
1: game yeah
3: I mean, if, yeah, if you're going to, I mean, you have the movie coming out now, so you have a new generation of fans that are going to want to get into it. And that whole entire, you now have a movement of nostalgia coming in from people that are like, oh, well, this movie was great. I want to see the original series. You have Netflix for that. But if you want to get deeper into the fandom, I think the Sega Genesis game or the Super Nintendo, like, those are great places to start because I have some of my fondest childhood memories with those games and annoying the crap out of my sister with those games (laughs) because I was better than her.
1: (laughs) And that's how that works. (laughs) So, uh, you know, Cody, just a little while ago, um, me and aunt are feeling old at this point when we were just uh, talking about how Power Rangers game is older than you, Cody, (laughs) um, but uh, there's a handful of games that are even older than almost all of us. Um, that are going into the 2017 Video Game Hall of Fame. Uh, these are actually the finalists. They're not all going actually into the Hall of Fame, but they're gonna they're gonna choose. This is the I guess the the cream of the crop that's getting ready for 2017. And um... spoiler alert, mighty ne- and no Power Rangers games are on the list. <laughs> what? Uh, are we it's... talking about it? Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Did not make the cut, but uh, there's a lot of good games to note. A couple of games out, actually, I actually was kind of shocked we even be, be thought about, but let's get into this. This is a good uh, – we're just going to go through the list here. Uh, 2017 World Video Game Hall of Fame finalists, which the finalists, uh, the games that are going in, will be inducted Thursday, May 4th, 1030 a.m. This is done at the Strong National Museum of Play. So here's what we have. I don't know how this game is not already in the Hall of Fame. Donkey
3: Kong.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that that that's confusing as hell because that should have been one of the first games in.
3: Yeah. Donkey Kong is one of the most iconic video games. Like, even if you don't play video games, there are characters that you're going to have. Donkey Kong, Mario, Luigi, uh, you know, Zelda. There are just certain games that are so iconic and Donkey Kong is definitely one of those games. Nah, nah, no. So, no. I'm kind of curious why it hasn't been in already.
1: Yeah, right? I mean, it, yeah.
4: We got we got Mario and Luigi from Donkey Kong. I mean, I feel like Donkey Kong should be like the first to go
1: in. <laughs> nah, definitely. So we're going to see. Um, and I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out who's doing the voting as well. I think we do, but uh, I'm going to check on that in a little bit. But Donkey Kong's first up. Final Fantasy VII for PlayStation. Yeah, that game should be a shoo-in. I mean, do you think it's because
4: we're getting the remake here soon?
1: Um, It could be. I don't know. The game itself by itself was amazing.
2: I mean, no, yeah. I think it. I think it's one of the most. Yeah, it's it's one of the most beloved, if not the most beloved RPG in video game history.
4: I mean, when you think of Final Fantasy, Claude Strife is like the first like Final Fantasy character you can kind of think of. I mean, he even Kingdom Hearts. He's like one of the main characters in that series. I mean,
2: yeah that that was a that was actually one of yeah the Final Fantasy characters crossing over into Kingdom Hearts was like really awesome. But no question about it, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I would be surprised
1: if it doesn't wind up in the Hall of Fame. Right. Um, Halo. Halo. Combat Evolved. The first Halo game for Xbox. The original Xbox. So,
4: I, I love Halo. Like, I don't play Microsoft games that so much anymore or Xbox because they're kinda like, they kind of suck now. But, um, yeah. I'm just really surprised that like, you know, Halo's getting in the same time as Donkey Kong's.
3: Well, these are the finalists. Just I keep know. that in mind. But I think it's interesting that I really wouldn't classify I don't feel like it's old enough or has earned its right to kind of be in the Hall of Fame just yet. Yeah, because
2: it's like putting a PS2 game in the Hall of Fame, you know. Yeah,
3: honestly, yeah. well we'll I wait to see what comes up down the
1: low, lower the list, oh. you'll be shocked. Oh. I'm yeah, liking yeah, I, this I list kind of already. Re- I kind of
2: re- I kind of agree with you guys also. I think it's too new.
1: So, um uh, all right, so if you're worried about new Microsoft Windows Solitaire. Remember that free game we all got with every PC that we bought back in the day? <laughs>
3: the Solitaire. Why would that even be on a consideration?
2: <laughs> well, because it, it, it's it's technically a video game, even though it's not
1: really. It debuted so. in 1991 on Windows
2: 3.0. Yeah, and, you know, I remember, I remember playing it, you know, incessantly when I was bored, but I don't... Yeah, I... I would never I would never go out and say, okay, this is a brilliant video game that you know, that should be in a hall of fame.
3: This needs to be commemorated forever. <laughs> we're
4: getting solitaire but no pinball though. I mean, what? yeah,
2: yeah, what's up with better. that? <laughs>
1: pinball Mine... is a better video game.
2: Minesweeper is
1: better. Yes, oh, so I think to say that ever. What wait, Minesweeper's better? Yeah. <laughs> I want to know. Really- I don't know how to fucking play Minesweeper. <laughs> um, Mortal Kombat. Here we go. Mortal Kombat. Go. Yeah. The finalist.
4: Yeah, definitely.
2: All
1: the Mortal yeah, Mondays. I how
2: does that not get in?
1: I can't believe that game debuted in '92. I forgot how old that was.
2: Oh yeah, no, that that sucker's been around for a while. So it's 25 years now.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that? Uh, uh, I feel like the first one was in this week in Gamings last last episode.
1: It was oh, probably the week before because um, it came so out just around now, yeah.
3: Yeah, but I, I, I'm i kind of curious how, again, how, how Anthony said, like, how it's not in. Some of these games, like, it just kind of boggles my mind that they're so iconic and so and, recognized all around the world that they're now finalists.
1: It, it, it's almost like, I guess, like any, um, any Hall of Fame. You kind of, you know, you're always going to get – the ones that are definitely going in and then you're like, wait a minute, why how are these guys not not already set to go? Um because even with the with last year's list, um I mean look, don't get me wrong, I, I get the, the the hall of fame is new, but a lot of these games should have been first shoe-ins, even for the first go around. Like like World of Warcraft is already in the Hall of Fame before Donkey Kong. Wow, that's
3: that's messed up.
1: Yeah, so it gets kind of weird at that point. GTA three's in the Hall of Fame before what? Mortal Kombat. <laughs> well, I have, well, I
2: guess one way we can look at this now that uh, I'm, I'm I'm clicking on the website a little bit more is that this only started last year.
1: But still, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It should still, these games, some of these games should have already been in without without even a vote.
3: Yeah, because just, if you're... I'm sorry, you go. No, no, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I feel like if you're... I feel like for someone who's not as a uh, big a gamer as you guys are, if you're going to say to me "Video Game Hall of Fame," I'm going to think titles like Donkey Kong and Mario, and uh, you know, uh, Donkey Kong, Mario, Zelda, stuff like that, yeah. like iconic properties, not Grand Theft Auto Three.
1: <laughs> exactly
3: right. Um, also, Mortal Kombat. The
1: reason we have the rating systems on video games. So, okay. thanks, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah that's a lot it took me forever to finally buy m-rated games uh up next on the finalist list mist for the cd-rom came out in 90, uh,
3: 1993
2: okay so i i am i the only one who actually hadn't played mist i play
3: i don't even know what mist is <laughs>
2: okay great
3: <laughs> educate me you're old Toyota. i played mist
1: a little bit
2: so so mist was a uh, mist was like one of the very earliest adventure games. It was like first person perspective. And you basically walked around this Island and you were trying to, um, uncover the story that was going on there. And you did that by solving different puzzles, uh, in different locations. And every puzzle you would solve would then, uh, you know, open up another video or, or something that would, you know, give you a piece of the story until you put the story together. Um, the game was incredibly difficult. Um, I, I, remember trying to play it five or six times over the course of like 10 years and then just giving up because i could not bear to figure it out um, oh, but man. it but, but it actually did birth basically a whole new genre of gaming like the adventure the adventure game the the point and click adventure series of gaming actually started with mist
1: hmm uh, mist was the one of the best selling computer game of the 90s over 6 million copies sold so Wow! There you go. Uh, a few more coming up here. Pokemon Red and Green. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. The OGs. Like, green is Japanese game. Yeah. Yep. We got
3: it in America. I, I, because I'm kind of torn because like I don't feel like it's it's quite old enough yet to really get there, but it is iconic, and you have a whole generation that grew up with that. I mean,
4: like, uh, like Anthony was (laughs) just
3: saying about how, you know, this, this game missed kind of birthed the whole genre. You could definitely say something similar to the way that Pokemon was, is that it, I mean, it birthed a whole, you know, card game and Mm -hmm. a whole anime eruption pretty much, um, in America.
2: Oh, no doubt. And a television and a television series and movies and, and, People dressing up in furry costumes, looking like them. There's all kinds of stuff that came out of this one.
1: Yeah, seventeen uh, movies have been made for Pokemon. Okay, wow.
4: So they, they kind of the anime's kind of got off the deep end. I kind of quit keeping up with it a long time ago. And to this day, the first series is still the best series because it just gets really repetitive, and the movies just get ridiculous. But I don't know. I remember being in like daycare, and like everybody having the first Pokemon games and the first Pokemon movie coming out. It's so, I mean, I feel like 20, 20, like not 20 years, but, you know, a good, a good amount of that many years, you know, is I think it's enough time and it's definitely a way more time than Halo. I mean,
3: you are just making these guys feel so old.
4: <laughs> That's totally don't worry. Share. Don't I worry have, about so it. I'm just going to, okay. I'm just That's all my friends are a lot older than me. You know, Sean's what 30 now.
1: He's like 26. Lot, hold on. 30 is a lot older. What is going on oh here? Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> god.
2: I, you know, I'm just 26,
3: 29. All right, just stop talking. Just stop talking. <laughs> no,
2: I'm just I'm I'm just going to go into the mirror, like pluck my gray hairs and
0: cry.
1: (laughs) Please, I'm the one that just had the birthday. I'm like, yeah, I'm another year older, not too bad. it's all good.
0: People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Peridontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpastes created to help improve your oral health. For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, ProNamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and ProNamel. Trusted specialty toothpastes to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. Automatically. Dollar for dollar. With no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash?
1: So, uh, Portal <laughs> Portal is up next. Uh, great PC game. Um, yeah. Came out in 2007, but definitely definitely worthwhile. It was Game of the Year in 2008.
3: Yeah, guess, but too new. Yeah, too yeah, new. Way too new. Way too new.
1: Okay. Boy, you are not going to like some of the other, the other games that are going to come up here shortly. Um, here's one. shoein, Resident Evil. Yes.
3: Oh, so, yeah. No question.
1: Enough said on that one. It, it, it created a genre of gaming, survival horror.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I
1: feel like fantastic. if
2: it, it, I feel like if you're a video game that's creating a whole new genre, I think just right then and there you you belong in the hall of fame. And you know, one that did it as well as Resident Evil is just you know, it's just insane, just insanely great.
3: Absolutely. It, again, coming into like, I'm just like, why why aren't games like this in in there? Because I mean, Grand Theft Auto 3, like didn't really do like anything like amazing or you know some of the other games that you had talked about last year but like you had said anthony like anytime you're gonna create a genre all its own mm-hmm. why are you not in it yet
1: <laughs> well grant Theft the,
2: i think the thing about grand theft auto 3 not that i'm trying to defend it in any way i did you know was that it i think it was one of the first games if not the first game that truly um did an open world third person type of game <laughs> hey, um, where up. you could just go around and do whatever you wanted so, um, and it's just spawned so many. There, so many games have spawned from that because of it. I mean, the entire Lego video game series is basically built off of that.
3: <laughs> oh, learn something new every day. <laughs>
1: uh, let's see what else we got. All right, Street Fighter Two. Again, another one. See, yeah.
2: Now, see, I would put Street Fighter Two in before Mortal Kombat because Street Fighter Two again kind of invented that yeah.
1: whole fighting genre. True.
3: What, what he on. said. <laughs>
1: which, Thank you. Which is a better fighter, Street Fighter Two or Power Rangers for Genesis? <laughs> uh oh, Street Just bias here. <laughs> no doubt. Um, yeah. All right, here's the one that you're all gonna be like, "Why is even on the list?" um We sports. What? <laughs> well well, there's, there's an obvious reason
2: why Wii Sports was, is on the list. It's actually one of the best-selling Nintendo games of all time if not on, the. A, on a console that was the best-selling console of all times. So, I mean, you're talking about a console that sold over 100 million units.
1: And the game was packed in. Which one? Right,
2: and Wii, Sport, Wii Sports came with it. So that's 100 million copies of Wii Sports sold.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, Cody. What were you saying? It's kind of like, besides from the
4: eye it was it the first game you got where you, like, actually moved, I guess?
1: Oh, yeah. Gonna... Yep. Motion. It's, it's... It...
3: I'm sorry, you go. No, I was going to say
1: motion. Nintendo locked it in with motion, with motion control, I think, with the Wii.
3: Yeah, and I think that I'm not saying that it... I'm not saying it's a bad thing that it's on this list because, like you were saying, like it it definitely was something that was new, something that at that time that it came out, that was nothing else like it. and that the fact that it came with you know all these count uh, consoles, it's you know the best selling uh, console game on that console, one of the best you know selling consoles of all time, if not the best. Um, I definitely think that it needs it needs it, but further down the line. I dug it. I think that right now you're just kind of – there needs to be more. Um, I think you have games that like Street Fighter 2 and Donkey Kong and games that are on this list that need to be inducted, need to be recognized before something like Wii Sports.
2: Yep, I noticed that E.T.'s not on the list yet. <laughs> <laughs> that is a
1: miscarriage of justice right then and there. Exactly. <laughs> and um, the final game on this list is actually Tomb Raider.
3: 1996 yeah tomb raider is uh probably my favorite video game series of all times and i i grew up on it and i i loved the fact that it was a complete gender swap it was something new and something that hadn't been done at that time before and really birthed the whole generation to say that women can do things just as great as men do and that to me, I got introduced to, to Laura Croft before I got introduced to Indiana Jones. So, oh, wow. wow! So, what? so,
2: so in so in your in your mind, did Indiana Jones steal Laura Croft's you know whole style?
3: No, I, I recognize that it you know Harrison came before uh, Angelina <laughs> and and the video games that inspired the movies, but you know that to me was just the kind of environment that I got raised in. And
4: Uncharted definitely got inspiration from Tomb Raider, though. I'll, I'll definitely Uh, yeah
3: and you're still birthing like it it just goes to show how much influence it still has um on video games uh i think that i think from what i've read about the last two reboots that they've done is that it's definitely some of the uh highest rated uh some of the highest rated video games that have been done within the last couple years oh yeah no the recent reboot was fantastic
2: yeah i've heard the same i actually I actually have them uh I haven't played them yet, but I have them sitting there waiting to play so Sweet. um I've heard nothing but great things
1: and uh that's that those are our finalists for the twenty seventeen video game hall of fame so uh everyone's gonna be on their edge of the seat waiting for may fourth uh for the announcement of who's gonna go in this year for the hall of fame <laughs> now uh, is it the- the edge of our virtual seats, maybe.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it only one game? No.
1: No. They'll probably do. Uh, they'll probably cut this list by half. Okay. So. So Tomb Raider's so, got a good shot. I'm yeah.
3: Thinking. So the best question that I I have to ask you guys is who would you who do you think or who would you want to see or who deserves it the most to be inducted from this uh, list?
1: You know what? Uh... well, uh, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, um. I'm going solitaire. <laughs>
2: wow. So, I, I'm sorry, but um, I've got to I've got to go with Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong should already be in there, so that's like a gimme.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. Um, I got Donkey Kong, Final Fantasy, Resident Evil, and Street Fighter. Tomb Raider, Tomb is right there on the on the cusp, though. Uh, I may I may. Yeah, I may
3: give would definitely that next year. I definitely think that too and like as big of a tomb raider fan as i am i definitely think that there are games that deserve it more i think that donkey kong is definitely a game that needs to be in there i think uh resident evil is definitely a game that needs to be in there and i think uh not not that i've ever played it but from what you guys were saying about mist i think that mist definitely is a, is a game that needs to be in there anything that really can can take a genre and create something new or flip a current genre on its edge needs to exist in this world and needs to be put into the Hall of Fame.
1: Well put. I, I agree. I agree with you on that one. And, um, you know, Tomb Raider is a little more a Tomb Raider, actually, I think, than we may know about. Right, Ant? What? Is that... Yeah, it's my horrible... Okay. It's my horrible segue
2: Is that a segue? Yes. Yeah, Josh I don't know how much you listen to these <laughs> podcasts, but I always, I I always love to... Yeah, I love to chastise Larry for his terrible segues. Um, <laughs> Larry's good. like
3: the king of terrible segues. <laughs> There's
1: a lot
2: of I I'm awesome. terrible. I know it's awesome. I, I got to teach him better. <laughs> I really do. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> based, based off of that segue, um, since Josh, you had talked about your love for Tomb Raider and how it's your favorite game series of all time, I thought Tomb Raider would be perfect for this week's retro spotlight. There you go. Um, yes. So, we're going to go into all things. For the original Tomb Raider only. I did not go into sequels or anything like that. I thought it would be great to learn about the very first and foremost. Uh, the one that started it all. So, let's get into Retro Spotlight on Tomb Raider.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, so, for those who don't know, it was originally published by Idos Interactive. That was the company that brought us Tomb Raider back in 1996. The official release date was October 25th of 96. And I actually remember that because my birthday was three days later and I actually got this game for my birthday <laughs> that year.
3: <laughs> well, that's awesome.
2: Oh, yeah. It was an awesome birthday gift. Love that. <laughs> I I remember playing through that game and just marveling at the, the 3D polygonal goodness. <laughs>
3: um, it's, it's terrible to go back and, like, watch the graphics now. Like, I played, know played, because... <laughs>
2: Yeah, you because know. they just they just are insanely bad, but I mean at the time it was cutting edge stuff, so
4: square <laughs> boobs, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Very
2: Sedonna. Yes, Very true. Yes. <laughs> she definitely had the big she had the biggest boobs
1: in video <laughs> games at the time, didn't she? Madonna's more like rectangles now.
2: Yes. Okay, so um it was released October twenty fifth of ninety six. It was actually released on three different platforms. It was the Sega Saturn. Uh, the PlayStation One and yeah. it was released on MS DOS cool. back in PC days. Oh. Um the game sold seven and a half million copies worldwide. Which is pretty damn good for a video game.
1: Yeah, right.
2: Yeah. It's no no Wii Sports, but you know, it wasn't it wasn't packaged in with the system. So uh, a couple things about the game um, you may not know. It, it it began development back in 1993 at a company called Core Design in England. Huh. Um, and it was only worked on by six people. Huh. Well, so, so yeah, kind of a s- small team putting that thing together. Um, and it was actually originally supposed to star a male character.
1: Aha. Uh-huh. So... Huh. Uh, I- <laughs>
2: Go ahead, Josh.
3: I don't think it would have been as as impactful or as uh I don't know. I, I think that uh to to quote uh elf, everyone's doing it. It would just be white noise. Um <laughs> I think that I think that having a female character, you're you're introducing a whole bunch of, you know, new characters and at the time uh because you said it was october 96 is when this came out right
2: mm-hmm. correct
3: okay so, so you not only that but you also had um girl power uh the spice girls were starting to become a thing around that time too so i think that had it not come out around that time and not had a male character it wouldn't have been as impactful
2: no i think i i absolutely agree with you i think um I think they definitely made the right move to go with a female character. Um, it was actually supposed to – it started as a male character and then they were uh, – then the company decided they were going to give you a choice between two characters, uh, either a male or a female. And that's where Lara wound up being created. And then once they realized they had to do two different sets of cutscenes because they were going to have two different types of characters, they decided to go with the character they liked better, which happened to be the female character. Um. Considering the it. fact that considering the fact that what, there were six men making this, I can see why they made that decision. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> uh, and then um, Laura's original name was actually not Laura Croft. Her original name was Laura Cruz.
1: <laughs> what a oh. terrible name.
2: Yeah. yeah. Her original name was Laura Cruz, and then they when they were working out her backstory. Um, The British company decided to make her British, and so they decided Laura Cruz wasn't a very British name. (laughs) Um, And the way that they came up with Lara Croft's name is they actually randomly selected it out of the UK phone book. So That's awesome. There is a Lara Croft in the UK, if she's still alive today. Um that is you know that is her namesake
1: that is not getting any money from her
2: <laughs> getting no no money whatsoever no royalties zero <laughs>
0: um
2: and uh i don't know if you knew this, but Tomb Raider was originally um only supposed to be uh a Sega Saturn exclusive it was not supposed to be on the playstation um Sony originally didn't want it hmm. um they 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 got early they got early um early concepts of the game. They weren't interested, and then as the game got more polished, that's when they um garnered interest in it and decided that they would pick it up. And you know, as we know, it was one of the defining games of the Sony
3: PlayStation.
1: If that game never made it to PlayStation, I don't think we'd be talking about Tomb Raider today.
3: No, again, I think it would just be white noise at that point because yes, it would have been a revolutionary game with having a female character Doing a predominantly male role, but the fact that you—I don't know—maybe, maybe maybe I'm wrong in thinking this, but I feel like games that are designed exclusively for you know systems, like one specific system, you know, Breath of the Wild and um, Halo being the exception. I think that most of them you you can't really—it's like white noise.
0: No way.
2: And I agree with you. And to be honest with you, with the shelf life that the Sega Saturn had, um, Tomb Raider never would have sold as many copies and would have never, never been uh, a household name without it being on the PlayStation.
1: And, and and not only that, but with back, especially back during the 90s and, and late 80s, early 90s or all the 90s, you know. Not everyone could afford to have both a Nintendo and a Sega Genesis um, to be able to get just exclusive games. So I felt like it was a necessity as well for these companies to put them out on multiple platforms. Tweak them for each one if you want, but it was almost just a necessity.
2: Exactly. Um, a few other things about Tomb Raider you may not know, or you may have known this that um, originally, you know, there was a. Um, there was a, a what There was a, a, a supposed nude code for <laughs> the that. PlayStation and Sega Saturn versions. Yes. So suppo- yes, um Sadly, that was not true.
4: <laughs> oh, sorry, so me and Josh both put your phones about Google <laughs>
3: <laughs> No, I've actually seen uh, i I've, I've seen it on like YouTube videos and like countdowns where like a, yes, like, outrageous you, you- like codes that you can type in or something like that. That so it's not true.
2: Well, it, it's not true for PlayStation or Saturn. However, for the PC version, somebody <laughs> created a patch that you can put into the game to make Lara Croft naked. There you go. Uh, and they were calling uh-huh. that new, nu- and they were calling it Nude Raider.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Everyone run out and so, get an MS DOS. <laughs> everybody run out and get the DOS version and start playing um let's see what else can i tell you uh the original uh voice actress to provide lara's voice her name was shelly blonde <laughs> um you probably don't know her because i don't
1: i was gonna say it wasn't uh, angelina jolie
2: <laughs> nope definitely not um <laughs> tomb raider actually holds six guinness world records oh,
1: oh um, wow. how does that work
2: two well two of which are um highest grossing video game movie um so Tomb Raider to this day is still the highest grossing video game movie. It made 131 million in the US and 275 million worldwide. That is still a
1: record. For for the single for, movie, not for the series? I mean there's only two movies. No, no, that was just the first movie. Wow, I could have Which much. is
3: which is weird because when you talk to someone about video game movies, Mortal Kombat is the first one that people always go to and Resident Evil is the one that has the most installments. That's
1: why I was going to say Resident Evil, yeah.
2: Well, I was gonna say. Well, Resident Evil. I mean, horror movies are notorious for putting out sequels because you can make them really cheaply. Tomb Raider actually had a uh, a pretty sizable budget, yeah. Um, but yeah, it uh, it's opening. We it opened. Its opening weekend was forty two and a half million, which was largest opening weekend for a video game movie, and then it had the biggest U.S. gross and worldwide gross, and it still does. Well, there you go. All right. Uh, a couple other things before we move off of retro spotlight. So. Um, Lara Croft on the PlayStation as you know from PlayStation graphics she's kind of pointy <laughs> in places um that's because you know they were building characters back you know they build characters based off of polygons so for the original um for the original PlayStation version Lara Croft was made out of 540 different polygons <laughs> which sounds like a lot but you know she was kind of jaggedy because of that <laughs> um if you fast forward to today's version of Lara Croft in video games she has over 40,000 polygons just to give you an idea on how much gaming has changed wow there you go big man. difference <laughs> um and then uh for a quick Indiana Jones reference um since uh, you did bring it up Josh uh if you remember correctly in the in Lara Croft's mansion when you first start out the game uh, if you go into her foyer, she actually has the Ark of the Covenant there. Does she really? Oh, that's her? awesome! So, for your Raiders fans, yes, she does.
4: She's top men.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I guess, so I guess, after Indiana Jones, you know, you know, secured it, he dropped it off at her house. Yeah, go. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> and then, and then, last but not least, <laughs> last but not least, that. Uh, Lara Croft became such a popular character in Europe that she released two albums in France.
3: <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> Lara Croft released two albums in France and two of the songs that you can listen to on YouTube are called one, Getting Naked, and two <laughs> and two Feel Myself.
1: Oh wow. <laughs> Was it, was uh, it
2: a Telegram or? Um, no, it's the video game character, but it was just the, <laughs> the the person, you know, person who gave the voice to Lara Croft doing two albums, and they were really, really bad. Um, so <laughs> that that is this week's retro spotlight on Tomb Raider. I hope you learned a little something. I, I know sure I did. did.
1: Uh, I did naked and feeling myself. Was that was that the second song? Feel myself. Feel myself. I'm sorry. Okay, never mind. <laughs> oh, Tomb Raider. There you go, Josh. That was more than you probably ever wanted to know about Tomb Raider, right?
3: Ah, uh, yeah. I I, uh, I don't know how <laughs> I feel about like video game characters like talking about feeling themselves and getting <laughs> naked. <laughs>
2: I, I don't know, but I have a feeling you're going to run out to YouTube after this I'll episode's see. done.
1: <laughs> Cody, just out of curiosity, yes. Go get an MS-DOS, Cody. Download it there and get, get Nude Raider.
2: <laughs> what? Yeah, just you know, yeah, turn on some turn on some Nude Raider, <laughs> play the music in the background while you're, you know, play Feel Myself while you're
1: playing Nude Raider, and you're all good.
3: <laughs> oh, this makes the video game so much better. <laughs> oh, my
1: God. Oh, we're spiraling out of control, people. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, and that's why Tomb Raider will be in the Hall of Fame.
2: <laughs> yes, for for that well, reason sorry, only.
3: So, <laughs> let me ask you something else. <laughs> let me ask you something about that list real fast. Any of those that list? How many of them actually have the Guinness Book of World Records record?
1: Mean like have a record?
2: Well, oh, yeah. Well, Tomb, uh, Tomb Tomb Raider Tomb Raider holds six. Okay. Um. And then, uh, so, uh, the the two that I noted was, well, I actually only mentioned one, I didn't mention the second one, but um, uh, Lara, uh, Tomb Raider with the film is the highest grossing video game adaptation. And uh, the second one of note is uh, Lara Croft is the most recognizable female video game character in the world.
1: Okay, I don't know how that's a Guinness record, but okay.
2: Well, I, I don't know how it's a Guinness record either, but somebody makes up this stuff.
1: <laughs> um, as far as the other games on, like, like you talked about, like with the uh, Hall of Fame list, how many of them have Guinness yeah. records? Yeah. Um, you know, I can't. I can't imagine. Well, Miss, I wouldn't call it a Guinness record, but I mean, Miss was the best selling computer game in the '90s. Um, uh, Wii Sports. All joking aside, best selling Nintendo game ever. Um, I mean, Donkey Kong probably has. They're more not Guinness record, but like Twin Twin Galaxies records. I don't know if you ever saw great documentary, The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. You ever <laughs> see that? It's a documentary. It came out. Uh, what that maybe? was pretty familiar? It's uh, ten years ago, maybe at this point, a little longer than that. It's about yeah. uh, two guys basically trying to get the world record of donkey kong and you have uh, steve weeby this guy just a family man who i think got laid off from his job and decided eh, I, got, I need something to do so i'll just play donkey kong uh and then you have billy mitchell who if you're going to watch the movie and if you're going to pick a villain of all villains billy mitchell is pretty much a villain of all villains in a documentary uh because he kind of comes off as a jerk trying to get the high score to put it in perspective, Billy Mitchell is the only person to get the perfect score in Pac-Man. Never lost a life, ate all four ghosts in all 256 levels, and maxed it out at like 9,999,000, blah, blah, blah. So Billy Mitchell is a gamer, but go watch King of Kong because it, you get you get thrown into it, and every time one guy gets the high score, you know, every time Steve Wiebe gets a high score, Billy Mitchell just comes back and just does something different. Jerk move to to take it away from them. Um, that's the only, not Guinness record, but probably major records that people strive for. I think is probably Donkey Kong.
4: Sounds like the opening to Pixels to me. <laughs> <laughs> it really nice.
1: I, honestly, you're right. It 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 almost is. Just take out the competition part. No, actually, they competed at a competition. Kind of, sort of. So, uh, Cody, you're right. It pretty much is the beginning of Pixels. And um, what's his face? Um, Who's uh, What's his name from Game of Thrones? Dinklage. Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. I I had a brain fart there. Uh, Dinklage is pretty much, um, you know, he's the villain of of, uh, King of Kongs. He is the Billy Mitchell. (laughs) Nice.
4: Billy
1: Mitchell is, like, such a bully name. It really is. It's that
2: generic hey, name. It's and, that generic high school bully name. It's like, who did you get Billy beat Mitchell.
1: up? The yeah, Who ba- beat you up as a kid? Billy Mitchell, did. And, the best part is like, <laughs> it, and meanwhile, like, whenever the interview, in the interview in the back of his, right, like, he's making hot sauce. He's like, I'm Billy Mitchell. I make hot sauce. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> when do you have time to play these?
0: Want to hear something amazing?
1: games but uh, when i'm not making hot sauce honestly oh god it's so funny go when you get a chance a definitely watch it.
4: In canada, you wouldn't know her.
1: what happened
4: i was like he, he's probably like i have a girlfriend who lives in canada you wouldn't know about her oh no. yeah right no <laughs> not
1: definitely at all not. not at all uh but watch it when you guys get a chance definitely watch it so yeah it's, is it, it, on is, Netflix it, is, it is a great documentary chance? is it on it Netflix? was i don't know
2: if it's still there
1: um either that um it was at one point give it I mean, you probably find it on youtube to be honest with you Probably. So, but, um, yeah, so that's, uh, all right, you know, Tomb Raider's, uh, it makes me kind of want to go back and play it. Any other games you guys played? You know, I, I know we talked about, like, systems and stuff. Any games you wanted to play, like, retro games or ones that every now and again you see online, like, ah, oh, I wish I still had that game or system or anything like that?
2: Uh,
4: I mean, there's, a, there's. A, it's not really a retro. I mean, I found a Sonic game I used to play a lot as a kid. It was, like, it was, it was like one of the first Sonic DS games, uh. I kind of want to go back and play Sonic Adventure that was on. Um, I had the remake for it on a uh, on a um, GameCube, I believe. Yeah. Um, but I think it was on Dreamcast, wasn't it?
2: Yes, that was a great game. game excellent, excellent game.
4: Uh, I mean, I played the second one to like front and back like so many times growing up. When you <laughs> like when they introduced and stuff, mm-hmm. but the first one was just like I don't know. It was like the first one was like such a different like style of gameplay than the second one is.
1: It really did. It kind of took the it. it, it took the um the formula of super mario 64 applied it to sonic and they just ran with it and that could only have happened on the dreamcast
4: yeah, it was like it was very like i will not say it was open world but compared to sonic sonic and adventure uh, battle 2 it was very open world because in that one they kind of like stick to the way they do sonic games now where you only have like one route to go on exactly throughout the whole level
1: it was open world. yeah it was more open-ended
2: yeah, and the cool thing about so, Sonic Adventure was that you had like five or six different characters you wound up playing as too, yeah, right. so you got different yeah. stories.
3: I might be crucified for this.
2: Uh-oh. Wait, <laughs> but, hold on. Let me get the hammer and nails.
1: What do you got?
3: Uh, so over the last year, I've, uh, I've we've talked about this on all, all the time on my podcast, all the time on our podcast, and uh, I've been going through the X-Files as, as a mythology. Oh. And... I did not actually know growing up. Like, I wasn't an X-Files fan. I, I'm i almost done the series now. Um, but I'd want to go back and play some of the video games that were released under the X-Files titles. Yes. Um, I've been looking at some of the Amazon and uh, eBay and seeing if I can snag something for, for pretty cheap. Yeah, you
1: should be able to. I mean, I remember the only one I remember playing, actually I own, uh, X-Files on the PS1. That's the one yeah, that I have. Yeah, the one I and yeah, four discs. Four discs, that game was. Uh, it Four was more, discs? Yeah, it was a it was a more of a point-and-click game than anything else, which is kind of odd to play on a PlayStation game, a PlayStation system. But it definitely, the story, I, uh, it's been forever since I played it. Here we go again. Um, so I forgot necessarily the storyline to it, but I think you would probably, if you were that into X-Files, I think you would really get a kick out of it.
4: Yeah, um, me and my dad had uh, Legends of the Dragoon for PS1, and it was it was like four or five different discs in one one game. <laughs> yeah,
1: it
3: goes long. It's, oh. pretty, it's pretty
4: much the ripoff of Final Fantasy.
1: A
3: Legend of Dragoon, before, yeah. Before he went over to Skylanders, Spyro was another <laughs> one that I grew up on. I loved Spyro. Spyro,
2: Spyro, the, oh, he, Spyro the, he, the Dragon.
4: He was really good on the GameCube. Um, there's a few PS2 uh, ones he did with Elijah Wood played his voice that I didn't really care for, Um. The GameCube one was probably probably the better one of the two out of all mine favorites. Um, and when I thought about going back and replaying if I ever get a PS2 or a PS1 is oh, the Ape Escape series. I really like those growing up.
1: Oh, those were fun. Yeah, those were fun games. Um,
4: <laughs> and, uh, I'm a big fan of like old Kirby games too. Pretty much GameCube was like my favorite thing. Oh, up.
0: I forgot about Kirby. Oh, <laughs> Kirby's Adventure. Kirby
4: Air Ride was like my favorite game growing up. In um, after we got all the stars in the game, me and my friends, there was like an open city level. We would pretty much just like make up games about it. It it, it was just it was really fun, um, and that's that's what I've always hoped they would remake for like the like a new Nintendo system or a new handheld system or something because they they could easily redo it on a 3DS now because because I mean they they redo GameCube games all the time.
1: Oh totally, and you know it's funny you mentioned Kirby because I bought a couple of the more recent Kirby games on three d s but it and I never played the original, so it made me want to go back, which I played the original on the n e s classic um it's such a good game and, I, and I'm sorry I missed out on it the first time around, but that's i mean that's a good call, good drop with kirby um <laughs> I played
4: um, Squeak Squad for the DS when it came out, and that's probably my favorite, one of my favorite Kirby games ever. Um, it's kind of like it's kind of like got a classic vibe to it. They kind of like they kind of keep. That's what I like about the DS ones is they kind of keep this feel to old Kirby games.
1: They do. They never they never really messed with the um, with the recipe, so they 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 nailed it pretty good. And oh. um, yeah, not too bad. This, <laughs> all right, so. I don't know how to do this anymore. I want to move into this week in gaming, but now I'm afraid to talk or say something because I'm trying to figure out how to gently get into this week in gaming.
2: <laughs> well, the, the, you know what? The way, there's just no way for you to do it. So why don't we just why don't we just call it that? Why don't we why don't we toss it to to Josh and Cody to introduce this week in gaming, and then we'll get it going.
3: So we were just talking about uh, games that we grew up loving, and. With that, let's move into this week in gaming. <laughs> was, okay,
1: Larry. I know that's do, how do, it's do, done. I, I see. Do you that. see how
2: that was done? I saw it. <laughs> I heard it. It was like it, it was like you had a perfect setup, and you didn't. You just squandered it.
1: I'll isolate it and I'll replay it over and over again before <laughs> every show. Thank you very much, Josh. I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> Josh, I, don't, I don't mean
3: to step on your toes. No, no.
2: It's... <laughs> Josh, thank you very much for the first and only valid segue <laughs> I'm ever gonna have on this show. <laughs> So this week in gaming history, I actually um, don't have a very long list this week. Um, I guess April Fool's week is kind of a quiet week for gaming release. <laughs> um, so we're gonna we're gonna swing back to uh, 1986. So this week in 1986, we got tag team wrestling Ooh. on the Nintendo Entertainment System in Japan. Sweet. Again, yes. Uh, oh, by the way, this list is very Japan heavy this week. <laughs> Big surprise! I'm in Japan, and I'm gonna list a lot of Japan games. <laughs> So anyway, so we start off with tag team wrestling. Um, Two years later, 1988 seems to be the most prolific year in uh, this week in gaming history. So we got um, two games on the Famicom disc system. So um, if you guys don't know what the Famicom disc system was, um, the Japanese Nintendo actually had a a floppy disc system attachment.
1: What? um, And
2: And there were games that were released only in Japan on this disc system. Uh, The most popular one that's known on that system was actually the original Super Mario Bros. 2. It was only released on the Famicom disc system. It was never ported to the U.S. um, until years later.
3: So question before you kind of move on about this specific system. Because I remember one thing that I remember about uh, Floppy Discs was that they didn't have all that much memory. So would mm-hmm. these games that were released be notoriously shorter than, say, an average other video game for something like a regular Famicom?
2: Well, no, because um, back then, actually, um, like the original NES games, if you go back and actually size those out now, they were all of like 8 or 10 kilobytes. Not even megabytes. Yeah, kilobytes. tiny. So tiny. They were ridiculously small. <laughs> and based 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 on the based on your mouth dropped wide open uh, look that I'm getting from you, you you had no idea.
3: No, that's <laughs> so, incredible. Yeah,
2: yeah. So just imagine a floppy disk at the time that would hold 1.6 megabytes. Actually, the games would be ridiculously larger on the disk system.
3: That's pretty impressive.
2: Yeah, which is why they actually did not port probably to a, you know the regular system because they were just too big. Um, so. Um, in 1988, on the Famicom Disk System in Japan, they released Donkey Kong. Oh, wow. Yep. Uh, and the Goonies.
1: <laughs> oh. Goonies.
2: <laughs> yep. Good one. Uh, in the, They also released in the same week, but this was on regular NES. The regular cartridge was uh, Double Dragon, which everybody oh, knows and loves.
1: Great game.
2: Yep. Um Jumping a couple of years to 1990, we got um, Splatterhouse. I don't know if you know the Splatterhouse series. It was one of the, probably one of the first horror, really like really no, like kind of known horror based series. Uh, and this was released on the Turbo 16 back in 1990.
3: It sounds amazing. Oh, it was, it was. pretty much yeah. It, it
1: was almost like um, if you, it was almost like. Uh, not Freddy, uh, Jason, um, bulked up guy with a hockey mask, but he was going to save his girlfriend. And you just, the the, the gore, not even violence, the gore of um, going around and smacking people with two by fours and shotguns. It was, for the time, it was, I'm surprised the rating system didn't come out back then when Splatterhouse came out.
3: I would play it. I'd get a system just to play that game.
1: Yeah, and uh,
2: it's it's one of the um it's one of the more expensive games to get your hands on. The spl- uh I remember sp- I think Splatterhouse 3. Um last time I saw it was a couple hundred bucks. Oof. Um so yeah, those are th- those are games that are rare and expensive, but really awesome to play. I used to play them all the time. Um we're going to jump to uh, ni- well we're going actually we're going to stay in 1990 because in Japan they also released Ninja Gaiden 2. Ooh. Um, which I think was probably the best Ninja Gaiden in, in the series. Uh, and that includes the newer ones that came out in the Xbox, if I remember correctly.
1: <laughs> no, Ninja Gaiden was, was a fantastic game. Actually, Ninja Gaiden on the, uh, on the NES Classic uh, Edition, uh, definitely. Th- that smooth gameplay was fantastic. If you never played Ninja Gaiden, however you want to say it, uh, definitely search that out, pick it up. It's a good one.
2: All right, moving on to the super. Moving on to the Super Nintendo. Uh, I'm still in Japan. Uh, in 1993, we got Final Fantasy III.
4: Sweet.
2: So, and any game in the Final Fantasy series is worth playing. They were all really, really well done. I don't think I've ever come across one that I haven't enjoyed. Uh, from there, we're going to jump to 1997 on Nintendo 64 in the United States. This time. God bless America. We got <laughs> Doom. Doom sixty-four. Ooh, great
1: what? game. Great game.
2: Yeah, Doom is gonna be one of those. Uh well, actually, Doom is in the video game Hall of Fame, if you look at that list.
1: It is, yep. Actually, it is in the Hall of Fame. Yep.
2: It was in it was inducted last year in the first year of that Hall of Fame. Another one. Great game, uh, rough
1: movie. Oh <laughs> god. <laughs>
2: That's why that yeah, that's why Tomb Raider is still number one. <laughs> <laughs> uh moving on to nineteen ninety-eight this week in gaming history, we got the Mortal Kombat Trilogy.
1: Oh, that so, was N
2: sixty four? Um, that was for PlayStation.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. PlayStation. That yeah. <laughs> <It> did, <laughs> got some PS1 it did, love. It did come out on N sixty four though. That's the one I had. I didn't have a Playstation yep. until late. Yeah,
2: I don't remember when I got my PlayStation. I think, actually, no, I think I got it early enough. It was like in 95,
3: 96. It was Christmas morning.
1: There you go. Those are the best times to get a a video game system. (laughs) Uh, Santa brought you a PlayStation?
3: Yes. And I got into a huge fight with my mom because we had to go to my grandmother's house. I was like, but PlayStation. Like, let me have this one. We can go tomorrow. I see your point, Josh
2: well i think that i think that's cool though that santa brought you a playstation Sa- santa brought me video games in 96 but i was 18 and there was no santa um, whoa whoa whoa. <laughs>
1: whoa all right spoiler
2: spoiler i'm, I'm the ultimate spoiler um <laughs> jumping jumping a few years here to uh 2003 We've got Final Fantasy Origins on PlayStation. On PlayStation 1, which I find interesting, because I would think by 2003 that was over.
3: Yeah, I, I remember stopping getting games at like 2002. It was really hard to find games after that point.
2: Yeah, because PS2 came out, so there was no reason for PS1 games. But apparently Final Fantasy Origins uh, hung on I feel like for the that PS1 was, one release.
1: That was probably one of those like kind of like $20 bargain bins. I so.
2: uh, wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, And then, last but not least, for this week in gaming history, um, in 2005 in the US on Xbox, we got Doom 3. Oh, Doom Doom. Series. Yeah, Doom Series staying alive and well in 2005. And uh, that's it for this week in gaming history. It was a pretty light week.
1: Yeah, yeah not, so, not so. yeah, not so. That's because WrestleMania just happened, so you know everyone was already too focused on that. Not everybody is into <laughs> WrestleMania, Larry.
2: I know you wish they were. Oh.
1: That's just not true. Oh well, one day. But uh, good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Um, you guys want to anything that you want to Like, as far as what, what's what I'm looking for, like. English. No, I know. I'm tripping over my stuff, and we don't fix anything in post. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, talking about Christmas, like, what was some of Like, did you get other games? Like, was it, like, a memorable Christmas or, or something? Like, Josh, you mentioned the PS1.
3: Yeah, I had the PS1, and then I think the, the year after. Uh, I didn't get, like, a PlayStation 1 to like, '98. So, like, it had already been about a couple years, yeah. and I think the games we had gotten with it was, like, we had a demo CD that came along with it. We got uh, Rugrats, Search for Reptar. <laughs> um, great video game, which is still one of my favorites um, to this day. And we got um, Batman and Robin, which is one of the worst. <laughs> oh, the movie one.
1: Nice. Oh, ouch. Uh, yeah. Cody, how about you? I
4: don't really remember getting, like, Every time I got a console, it never was for Christmas. I think my mom got me a DSi for Christmas one year. Oh, sweet. But other than that, like, my dad usually got the bigger systems. My, my parents were split up, so I would play the play, PlayStation play at my dad's house. Gotcha. My dad wasn't the, the best of fathers growing up, so I think whenever he needed the money, uh, the system would disappear at our house. Uh-huh. Uh...
1: Uh,
4: I would be told that it was because we were bad children the Easter Bunny or the... That's terrible.
1: (laughs) Ouch. One day
4: he traded in a a GameCube to get the PS2. I guess he got tired of having the GameCube. Um, (laughs) Which, to be fair, the PS2 had a lot better games on it, but I love the GameCube with all my heart. And he said he traded it to the Easter Bunny for the system. Oh, uh, I okay. know what that meant as a kid. Um, <laughs> so that's that's kind of like where I got first played Jack and Daxter, you know? So yes. that's, uh, that's wow. a great
3: game right yeah. there. I like Jack th-
4: the most. It was my favorite. But, um, it was a hard game. So I'll give you that. Yeah, right. Sounds like
2: you, your dad also confused the Easter Bunny with the Tooth Fairy. There's no trading going on with the Easter Bunny. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we, uh, I guess I was a global child. I mean,
2: yeah. <laughs> Um, i remember i remember one year for christmas when uh, i asked for the virtual boy <laughs> but uh oh wait oh wait a minute no no nobody asked for the virtual How boy you... i
3: was waiting for a virtual <laughs> boy point to come up
1: <laughs> i still go on record that was an amazing system with all 16 games i came out for it
2: <laughs> oh larry you never change 360 for my
4: birthday one year but it had no hard drive in it and when i first turned it on it had like the red ring of death on it <laughs>
0: oh,
2: out. oh out. that's just wrong let me ask you this that's, hold like, on. that's like that's like virtual boy oh, you, all right that's two <laughs>
1: whoa hold on that's two you got I didn't, even,
4: I didn't have a receipt or anything so that xbox sat in the back sat in the back of my closet for um years <laughs>
1: <laughs> cody let me ask you this because it sounds like you are the youngest of the group do you know I'm... what the virtual boy is
4: uh, I do not. I've never even heard of what a virtual boy
1: is. <laughs> okay,
2: so basically, think about like you know the worst piece of trash that you can purchase. Okay? Are we talking uh, about in,
3: Virtual in, Boy here or Fifty in, Shades of Grey? Uh, well, <laughs> On I this podcast, say, Virtual uh, Boy.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I was about to say that. Yeah, you, know, you know, think about the biggest piece of trash you can possibly buy in a video game system. <laughs> All right? Okay. And you get yourself uh, that would be the Virtual Boy. <laughs>
1: When you get a chance, Google Virtual Boy. It's hard to explain. I personally loved it. I'm the only person, apparently, on the East Coast who bought a Virtual Boy. (laughs) And to put in perspective, Cody, the guy who created the Game Boy created the Virtual Boy. Game Boy was the best-selling handheld system for Nintendo. Virtual Boy was the worst-selling handheld game for Nintendo. And they fired this guy on the spot because of how bad the Virtual Boy was
2: yeah and deservedly so, how dare uh, um, you know uh, uh, you know, I've heard they've never heard of him again, so <laughs> I think they didn't necessarily fire him on the spot as in they executed him <laughs> check so, it barely
4: it's barely it's like four hundred and fifty bucks on uh on a um, eBay
1: right now. oh, it's pricey, yeah well that's that's because there were only like five of them, <laughs> and this is the longest we've ever talked about Virtual boy, so I'm happy. <laughs> It looks, like, it looks
4: like it's kind of like virtual reality, but not. And the <laughs> gameplay looks like shit. <laughs> yeah.
2: And that's the it's Virtual like all, Boy.
4: It's, like, all, like, really infrared. It's, like, the from, oh, like, in Kill Bill when things go, like, all, like, <laughs> sirens and angry.
1: All red. <laughs> so, um, but that's, that's the Virtual Boy. I'm glad I've introduced someone new to the world of Virtual Boy. Now do your best to forget it. Yeah. <laughs>
4: um... When it comes to trash gaming, um, uh, one of the things I always thought was funny is, um, okay, at the Walmart in my hometown, there was just a copy, of, I don't know if you ever knew about Cory in the House, the Disney show. They made a DS game for it. <laughs> well, to this day, it's still at that Walmart, and it's still $30.
2: Wow.
4: Because uh, 4chan likes to make jokes and memes about how it's the best game ever. <laughs> <laughs> Not so, there's been three copies there for five going on five years now that have not been sold or taken off the shelf. They have all are all still $30 brand new. That is fantastic.
2: Well, actually, if you go to that Walmart, then based on that, you may find a virtual boy.
1: <laughs> oh. and with that being said i'm gonna put it into this <laughs> no but um that was uh, good stuff you know josh cody thank you very much for joining Better us here. There. Well, that, thank you i, I just, <laughs> you're the guest josh how dare you uh no <laughs> thank you thank you josh thank you <laughs> <laughs> um thank you guys for joining us uh for this week and i feel like yes, this thank is not you very be, much this is not gonna be the only time that we do this so
3: Oh no, we we have already talked about a uh, a sequel to this. I like At least it. me and Larry have.
1: Yes, yes, we have. So uh, oh, I, I'm am curious to hear of said sequel. We'll clean in on that one a little bit later on, and um, whether or not
2: I approve.
1: I think I think you will. I think you will. You will. You certainly shall. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you very much. Good luck with everything. Good luck with your mission, uh, truly. And um, we're going to put thank everyone's uh, links down. Do you have a? You want to plug your website? And uh your your stuff there?
3: Uh I'll let him Mr. Emo Boy plug oh, his first. <laughs>
1: uh
4: yeah. Um, uh like I said I'm a musician. Uh I just released uh, my first D P called Gone on Bandcamp. It's uh my name's Cody, but you can find it under the name Dakota Cade. Uh it's Dakota like the state and then K A D E. Um Find me on Instagram at Dakota X Cade. Um uh, it's sounds SoundCloud if you're a SoundCloud rapper I guess and you wanna listen to my fire mixtape. Um I'm also part of the Victims and Villains Network, so you can just email Josh, and if you want to get a hold of me, and uh, I will be there.
3: Yeah, and uh, so our website is victimsandvillains.net. It has all our upcoming events, all our past episodes, um, including this one. Uh, other crossovers we've done with retro uh, Retro Rewind podcast, uh, Pop Culture Explorers uh Ranger, Command Power Hour, so on and so forth. Uh we've we've had the pleasure of just crossing over and doing so much awesome stuff like this one. But at the end of the day, I don't care if you are listening to this right now and if you care about anything that we have said this or agree or disagree, or if you like the virtual boy, or you don't. (laughs) You Um, don't,
2: you don't, you don't
3: (laughs) I just know that that hope is real and that's that's really the existence of why we do what we do that's the reason why we do crossover so on and so forth yes it's all great fun and everything and we've had a blast doing it this morning night for anthony (laughs) um but uh at the end of the day just know that if you're you're listening to this right now and you're suicidal or you're depressed or you're addicted or you're thinking about harming yourself know that it gets better and just know that there are people out there that really care about you. So you guys can contact us on our website, on our Facebook, or just pick up the phone. Call 1-800-273-8255.
1: There you go. And all that will be posted as Very well nice. in the description. And, uh, gentlemen, we're going to catch you next time. And I'll catch you whenever you get back to to uh, to the States
2: yeah i don't even know when that is anymore
1: <laughs> <laughs> and with that folks we're going to call it one so i uh, thank you for downloading download our podcast download victims and villains download everyone's podcast and we're going to catch you all next week <laughs> see you later
0: It's Kohl's Super Cyber Monday. Shop online and save with an extra $10 off $50. Plus, get $15 Kohl's cash for every $50 spent. And take an extra 20% off. Fitbit Versa 2 is $129.99. Save on in our Air Fryer and get 40% off Lego. Plus, free store pickup. Shop Super Cyber Monday today only at Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select style, Select deals valid November 30th only. 10 off 50 offer valid November 30th online only with promo code jackpot. 20% offer valid November 28th or December 2nd with promo code 20 off. Fitbit and Lego offers and coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohl's.com for details.